So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners, avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag Run Pain Free Podcast, your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Hello everyone, it is Jessica here from the Run Pain Free Academy, and thank you for listening to the Run Pain Free Academy on the podcast. Today we are going to talk about a conversation that happens all too often, happens all too misguidingly, and I wanted to talk about it a little in depth so that we can get some misconceptions figured out and um, open up. A conversation about it so you guys get more information on your end so before we go any further make sure you're following us at run pain free underscore the academy i'm sorry at run pain free underscore academy and at run pain free on instagram of course and let's get into it we're talking about the boot when to wear it when not to wear it why would you wear it why is a runner told to wear it so I'm sure all of you listening either have worn it or know somebody who's worn a boot. Maybe you're in a boot right now and that's why you're listening to it and good, I'm glad you are. So first I want to talk about why you would be told as a runner to use it. There are very specific injuries that are accustomed to getting boots no matter what. And they're very specific, quite severe injuries if you will. So. Um, I did speak about in the masterclass we did on the top 10 most common running injuries, going over to the runpainfreeacademy.com at runpainfreeacademy.com and look at that. That's a very explanatory on injury specific for the top 10 most common running injuries. And we do talk about what are these, these kinds of severe injuries in there. One of which is when you get an actual fracture. And a reason why this gets misunderstood is because the word fracture appears three different ways and everybody thinks it's the same thing, meaning a reactionary stress fracture, a stress fracture, and a fracture. They're all very different things. They're not the same thing. But because the word fracture is consistent and a common denominator, everybody kind of assumes they all mean the same thing and they really don't. Um, what word precedes the, the word fracture really does matter. When you actually fractured something, you literally broke the bone completely apart. Nothing is attached, it's severed, the bone is broken. So when you actually break your ankle or you break a metatarsal where it's completely broken or you've broken your fibula, that, um, that's a break. That would require a boot immediately. Um, a lot of the times an actual cracked stress fracture, which means there's a little crack in the bone due to mobility and biomechanics. So it's, it's a mobility um, injury. You, for instance, I was hit by a truck, so my injury wasn't mobility based, it was impact based. So my mobility was affected by it and I had to correct mobility to, um, to accommodate for the new body basically I had, but it wasn't from mobility that I was fracturing in the first place. When you have a stress fracture, your mobility is the reason why you're stressing the bone and it fractures it, okay? So that's different. There are many times where 
a stress fracture wouldn't put you in a boot. However, it's uncommon. If you have an actual crack in, in your lower leg from the base of your knee all the way down to your tippy toes, if there's a crack in there, you are going to get put in a boot. It won't be questionable. So those are things that are pretty definitive in terms of fracturing, breaking bones. Also something else you would be in a boot for as a runner is a torn Achilles. A torn Achilles is not a uh, minor injury whatsoever. It's literally the hardest tendon in the body to actually break or, or tear, if you will. Um, and it happens severely. It happens severely. It's more common in, in basketball than any other sport because of the constant push off and up motion. Um, but uh, also in something called parkour, the people that like jump from building to building, that's also common with them. But again, those are, you see how the extreme is? So it's really hard to do. So if a runner specifically tears their Achilles, it's definitely from um, a consistent mobility issue and a restrictive issue, probably in a stability sneaker and wearing braces at your knees, or maybe compression sleeves as well. Like all these things kind of factor into why that would result in that. But again, these are pretty extreme and or severe injuries that would get you into a boot. Um, and th those are things that's not a question that would absolutely happen. When you go into a boot, there's a lot of things that happen to your body, period. And here's why. When you are walking, the only place that is touching or creating force rather is your feet. That's how we have the force to move forward. This is the same thing when it comes to running, obviously. And it's the only, the only, again, the only positioning that our bodies are in where the force is touching that's at your feet. So that's the physics of running and how you're creating force and generating force and power through your feet. So they're quite, um, it's imperative that your feet are operating properly. So when you are in a boot, automatically you're not operating properly. Not only is it the foot that's in the boot, but more specifically, the opposite hip becomes an issue quite immediately. Here's the ringer. The majority of the reason why, let's say the left foot is in a boot is because of the right hip. Okay, so now what are you actually doing? Well, you're jacking up the right hip even more because now you're in the boot on the left side. So your gait is automatically off. And then you're going to be limping walking cockeyed because you have this big clunky thing on your foot and you're walking around, you're doing the stairs. Maybe you have, um, maybe you have uh, a, lot, a lot of walking to do for your job or whatever the case is, just moving around naturally with that thing on creates a heavy discrepancy hip to hip, okay? So now you're creating a gait issue. And we're also going to promote more of a problem in the hip that's already an issue. Your back starts to get involved because now your sacrum is kind of off because you're offsetting it by wearing this clunky thing that's changing the level of your legs. So all of this starts to happen and then there's a back pain that happens. So when you actually have a severe injury and you have to wear the boot, this is something that you're going to have to deal with regardless because you can't not wear the boot if you've broken your, your lower leg on any level or you've completely torn this, um, a, a specific ligament or a tendon. You, you have to wear it so it can heal 
um, basically to create almost as fast as possible, basically like a scar tissue, if you will, so that it heals really fast. And then you have to retrain it after you're done. That's why there's post, uh, what you, what people call rehab, but for us it's correction. So there's a level of bones moving and adjusting at the hip, even the knees and your back which are all moving funky now because you got this stuff on. So your gait changes, your back changes, your hips change, and other injuries start to happen. Whether or not you're feeling them is irrelevant. They're happening. You probably won't feel them until you're out of the boot. So your body responds to it in that way. So if this is the case, the next question I get is why wouldn't someone wear a boot? What, why would the boot make matters worse? And here's why. A, I just told you what happens on the opposite leg from the boot. So again, if you are wearing a boot when you actually don't need to, that would be when there's, there's sometimes, very sometimes, very rarely that a stress fracture, an actual crack, um, somebody may or may not put you in a full boot they may put you in a convertible boot but you'll be in some kind of a boot however the big clunky plastic one is a lot different than the little black like sandal looking one okay that i'm sure if you i'm sure you kind of know what i mean there's like a little black almost like a really big old big sandal with velcro that's still a form of a boot if you will because it's stabilizing the foot but it's not the big clunky one so there's that discrepant there, there's that um option you may get. However, a reactionary stress fracture means you're about to get cracked if you don't fix the mobility and the biomechanics. Um, a strained calf, a strained tendon, and or something like plantar fasciitis. These are things that you do not need a boot for. Why? Because they're all because you have a biomechanical dysfunction and your body is not functioning right. So the last thing you want to do is stop that area from moving completely. You don't want to do that. You're literally creating a whole other injury to help one. And that really doesn't make any sense. You don't want to create an injury to air quote, help another. You need to address the problem period so that all injury sees, all pain ceases, and all function dysfunctional um, movements stop. That's how you have to address it. But that's not going to happen if you stop and put a brace on of any sort. And this is why a lot of runners get hurt further or they start to um, create deeper injuries, worse injuries on that area, and then it becomes a reoccurring injury. And then a boot is just a part of their plan. And that's not a way I think anybody wants to live. And there's a whole way for you to correct it so that there's not, that's not the case. But you need to understand why you would wear it and why you wouldn't wear it to know whether or not you should ever wear a boot and have that wherewithal for yourself first and foremost, okay? And remember, this is a billion dollar industry for a reason. And you have to think of yourself first and what's it gonna do to you first and be really aware of what level of injury you do have. If you do not have a crack on you, if you don't have a tear on you, you're not gonna get told to put, be put in a boot at all. It's just not gonna happen. So 
you want to take that and use it as a way to address things right away. You've just been given the green light, you actually know what's going on, attack it aggressively right there. This is how you can not only prevent the boot, because if you don't address it, you're gonna wind up in a boot, right? So like you don't wanna get worse, you want to address it right away so that you can start to really hone in on why your body is operating in a way that's starting to create an edema, which is inflammation on said area in the lower leg, whether it's your foot or your ankle or your calf or your uh, Achilles. Some, when it starts to strain, it starts to get swollen on the insertion of bones. Um, or it itself, the muscle gets swollen or the tendon gets swollen, but more specifically, it's at the insertion areas. So when you start, a lot of posterior shin splints, guys, that's on the inside of your shin, right underneath the bulb of your calf, right where it starts to get flat. That's, a, if there's pain there, a lot of the times that's a posterior shin split that nobody really talks about. And that's heavily overlooked for time and time and time. And then that's also very common in toe strikers. It's very common in people who wear stability sneakers um, also, sidebar. So if, you're, if you are a person who's a toe striker who wears stability sneakers and you have lower leg pain or inside that pain, that's a shin splint because you're overworking your anterior tibialis, you're overworking your peroneal tendon that's gonna, that's, it's, it's intertwining with your hamstring that you're not extending all the way. And so the lack of that behind your knee and then the pounding right into your into your toe creates that impact right underneath that bulb on the inside of your leg, which is super, super common. But a lot of people bypass it until it becomes an actual issue um, or they don't talk about it because it's not posterior shin splints are not really talked about. People only think of shin splints as the front part of the outer part of the shin and that's not actually true. That there's two different types of shin splints. There's anterior, which is the front part that are more common, but there's also the posterior. So when we let these things go, they become injuries. They become injuries. And so the whole point of the Run Pain-Free Academy is to teach you about injuries, how your body is operating so you can not only correct what you have, but prevent things going forward. RunPainFreeAcademy.com, go over there and follow us because it's gonna help you learn your body in ways where when I'm talking to you on these podcasts, you actually understand you can apply and implement things real time so that you start to address yourself right away. And then you have more control of your body than you've been led to believe. And then you don't rely on all these other resources that you kind of are skeptical about, don't know where it came from. It's he said, she said, everybody's an expert here. Um, and so when you get, when you have a really good understanding of how your body operates, you can really start to prevent real injuries. And so when you're given that go ahead of, hey, you're, you're, you're on a reactionary phase where your body is telling you it doesn't like what this is doing, or you're straining that calf muscle, you're straining your Achilles. When you're straining your Achilles, guys, it really means your hamstring is in dysfunction. So the last thing you wanna do is prevent ankle flexion because ankle flexion is literally flexing and extending your Achilles and therefore your calf, like a wall stretch, that's ankle flexion. So if you stop your foot from doing that, you're also stopping your knee from extending fully and anything conditioned, anything repetitive is conditioned. So if you're in a boot for six weeks, guys, and you're not fully extending your knee, you're going to condition muscle really fast for that movement. Say you're somebody who consistently has boots, because I know a lot of you out there that do. 
You've conditioned this behavior and that's why you're always in a boot. The only way that's gonna happen is if you actually correct the mobility and biomechanic issue you have. That's why you have a reoccurring problem. It's because you haven't actually addressed the mobility and biomechanics, the sports biomechanics that's not operating right for your activity, which is long distance running. And so you're given this go ahead of, hey, we're not gonna put you in a boot, but you need to address these things right away or you're gonna be in a boot, which is, should be the conversation in these offices. And I know a lot of the time it's not because they can sell you on 18 million other things. Um, but the long and short of it is there is a corrective pattern that needs to happen because you're in dysfunction. And so when a runner is told to wear a boot, you need to address, are you broken? Literally fractured means broken. Has your bone severed? Has something, has a tendon completely torn? Has a muscle completely torn? If none of those are the case, question why the boot is even on the table. Okay. If it's easily taken off the table, make note of that. Make note of that. Um, if, you know, look at the sheet, read through the, are they giving you um, a, a printout of what they found on your x-ray? Request an MRI if they didn't get one. Also, it, you know, x bones are on x-ray. Soft tissue is on MRI. There's no in between. So if you are broken on any level, cracked or broken, it's gonna show up in an x-ray. If you're not, and there's still pain, that would be a reason to go for an MRI. So if your x-rays are coming back clean and they still wanna dig further, they have to basically, the doctor or whatever would have to basically prove that they want, they need, they have reason to look further so they go for an MRI because that's a soft tissue testing now. So now they'll see ligaments, they'll see tendons, they'll see tissue, they'll see muscle, um, anything that's not working right, any edema, inflammation, stuff like that. And then you can kind of see, okay, is that where the pain has been? Great, there's some swelling there. Now we can pinpoint the result of the dysfunction so we can work on the dysfunction. That's really what's going on here. So I encourage you to ask questions. I encourage you to make sure you get your printouts explaining what the findings are of all the images because it's explicitly stated in there. And a lot of the times, there's words that come up that are intimidating. I read these, I read these, these images and MRI reports all the time. And so I literally go word for word and I explain them to people because there's a lot of the times where they're intimidating or kind of, you know, it's medical jargon, hard to understand sometimes. And so when you break it down and again, when we take away fear, we replace it with knowledge. And when you have knowledge, you have a plan. And that's, again, what the Run Pain-Free Academy is about, is trying to take that fear away from the unknown of what's going on with your body and replacing it with learning your body. Because there's basic human you know, functionality, there's a baseline for biology, and then there's how you move. And you gotta understand how you move and what's basic human movement to, to get it to work together, right? So that's what I really want to help you guys understand through all of these podcasts and events and lives and um, all, all of my conversations with people is to really get you to understand whatever is whatever your body is doing. And images are always good feedback, whether they're clean or not, There's it's good feedback. Um, and it's always just to take it and use it, that's all. So if you're someone who thinks they should be in a boot and they're not, 
you, you go back and read your images, like whatever images you got and look at it, see what it says. If the word reactionary is on there, that means that you're biomechanically having an issue functioning and that your body just needs, to, your body's able, is not cracking yet, it's not breaking yet, and your body is able to fix itself right away. Now, I've had people, plenty of people with boots on who are still, who we don't stop for a boot or crutches or anything at Run Pain Free. No, sir. Because why you're in that boot is why we're really working on it. Not, be, not the boot. I could care less about the boot. I care why you got into the boot. And it's like I said, it's always the opposite side upwards. It's always the opposite size hip. And I had one client who um, actually had almost seven slight stress fractures in her lower leg region over the course of like two years because she ran very duck footed and inward her and i'm sure you've seen a lot of people run duck footed and then and then rolled inward and so she actually came for back pain and the more the more that we corrected her her hips and her sacrum and her ql and her psoas the more her feet became straight because you correct the hip you correct the feet from the hips and the more that that was happening, the more her, her legs would like crack a little here and there to get straight. Now, a hundred years ago, when you walked like that, they'd break both your legs, put you in wooden splints and sit you down for um, six months in a, in, a, in a hospital bed or at home until your legs healed, healed straight and then that's how you would walk. That's literally what they used to do. So we correct through movement. So um, in working with her doctor, with the correction, we were all on the same page and she wound up correcting beautifully and ran her fastest half marathons and she's been running well ever since with zero problems. Um, and she's just one of many. I've, and again, she would show up in her boot, take the boot off, put on her sneaker, do her work, put the boot back on, go home. And she had the big clunk-a-dunk uh, boot. Some other people have had convertibles with me. Boots are super common with runners um, and they are needed at times, but sometimes they're not. And because they do affect you at the hip and back level, it's something you really want to be aware of and why you're being told to wear it. What your injury is, where are your other pains? Have you been foam rolling? Get foam rolling immediately. You wanna up your foam rolling if you are wearing a boot. Um, if, you have, if you are broken on some level or torn and you are wearing a boot, you really wanna make sure that when you're not walking, you're out of the boot and you're foam rolling and generating good blood flow to get the healing going on even better. Also releasing the tissue so you can really flood the area with good blood flow and no strain on those joints that are, and the bones or the muscles or the tendons or the ligaments that are all trying to heal, whatever you're in a boot for, you wanna make sure you give it all that good juice so it actually does that. You, you know, really be mindful of how you're walking and, and minimize it so that you're not kind of jacking up the hip that's actually probably the problem to begin with, which is the opposite side. Um, if you had direct impact and that's why you're in the boot, then the reason why you're in a boot is obviously from the direct impact, but wearing the boot will create other injuries. So whichever way you cut it, wearing the boot is gonna make you cockeyed a little bit. So be aware of it and be ready to address it immediately out of the boot. But the more that you're giving that area good blood flow, 
while you're in the boot, the faster you're going to heal. And you want, you want to make sure you, you want to test it. You don't want to wait forever. You want to make sure you're able to move and all that stuff and keep in good contact with your doctor about your healing process. If you're not in the boot, like that's a good thing, by the way, that you don't want to be in a boot people. You don't want plantar fasciitis has zero reason to be in a boot. I think is the most dumbest thing I have heard in a long time for someone to be put in a boot for plantar fasciitis. It literally makes no sense. You have plantar fasciitis because you have tight calves and you have tight calves because you're not using your feet probably and you're pro properly and you're more than likely in a stability sneaker and forcing that bad movement of your calf and your Achilles. And this is really all coming from your hip and your IT band holding your hip in a restrictive pattern that you're solidifying again wearing stability sneakers. So what you're basically the stability sneaker is damn near a boot anyway. The only difference is it doesn't come up your shin. It's the same thing though. It's that restrictive. And if you look at stability sneakers that way, you'll look at them differently. Like there's no reason in, at all that you should be in a non-moving sneaker when you're moving for hours on end. It literally makes no sense. And stop comparing yourselves to people who run sub two marathons or two and a half hour marathons or even three hour marathons. Somebody who's running three or sub three hour marathons can't even compare to somebody who's running a five to six and a half hour marathon. That's two to three and a half hours more on their feet than, than, than they are. It's not comparable at all, at all. So stop it and start assessing you for you. Don't, don't look at it that you got to stop looking at everybody else for your own assessment. No one is you and you are no one else. You have to look at your, your, your own body and how it moves. Because even if someone, you know, has plantar fasciitis, they didn't get it the same way you did. You don't move the same way. So you cannot address it the same way, but taking a boot or a sock or a brace and, and limiting more movement is just creating more of a problem because the reason you have it in the first place is because of lack of mobility, lack of mobility. Do you know who gets um, plantar fasciitis? Sedentary people or very, very, very active people. That's really who, that's honestly the demographic of plantar fasciitis. It's not the people in between, not the people in between. People who don't do anything and sit in one spot are people who are excessive with stability sneakers, may I add. So you, you can't, you don't want to limit the mobility. The reason why people who are excessive and active that get it is because they're limiting their mobility and they're excessively active. It's a contradiction. They're instability sneakers, that's why. You have to come out of these damn sneakers. I don't get it. I really don't get it. You literally, just what we started this podcast with was how our bodies create and generate force for walking and therefore running is by our feet touching the ground. That's physics. So if you don't have the ability of using the whole foot on the ground, where the hell do you think you're going and generating force to do what? Where? How are you doing that? You're not. And then you're pounding and pounding into your toe, into your toe, into your toe. Just right now, stop what you're doing and stand up on your tippy toes for as long as you can before your calves conk out. How long is it gonna, like do it, just stand there and do it. Your calves are gonna start to shake. You're gonna feel fine for a couple of seconds and then all of a sudden your calves are gonna start to get tight. And you're gonna be like, yeah, I got this, I'm fine. And then you're gonna start doing like side to side. So you're gonna start dancing. 
tapping. So you're off one foot, on one foot, off and on, off and on, off and on. They do like jogging in place, right? Because that's going to make it feel better. And and then your legs are going to start to conk out. And then your quads are going to start to burn. And then your quads are burning. And imagine doing this now for five hours. And you want to know why you have plantar fasciitis. And then you want to actually hold this position in a boot. Are you kidding me? You don't have ankle flexion. You're never going to extend your hamstring. And, and therefore, you're not extending your Achilles. If you're not extending your Achilles and your hamstring, you're not using your mechanics to run and your glute never fires and the entire chain gets locked up. And then you hold up in your toe and your calf becomes a rock. And then you're overdeveloping the anterior tibialis, the muscle outside the shin, then you get shin splints. Then you get um, overdeveloped rock hard muscle in the front of your leg. And then you think you need a compression sleeve because now it's rock hard. No, you're running on your toes. That's why it's like that. You've developed dysfunctional muscle. That's why it's like that. So then why on earth would you say, okay, well, let me go from this and put a brace on. Okay, now you're stop. You went from creating blood flow with the sleeve to now you're stopping mobility at the ankle, which already isn't working because you're in a stability sneaker. And now you're, everything you're doing is literally promoting the actual injury you're trying to get rid of. And so you're at your wit's end and what do you do? You go get a shot. Now when you get a shot, now you have uh, the lack of ability to actually fire the muscles because they get mushy. Now I'm not gonna get into plantar fasciitis. That mess about, I'm not gonna go any deeper than that. I have a whole podcast about plantar fasciitis. Make sure you follow me to, to find it when it comes out. So you can listen to that. But this is this is just a reason why people actually have, would be to, almost thinking they need to go into a boot or someone would be told they need to go into a boot. And I'm telling you, that is the worst thing to do for plantar fasciitis is to stop mobility. You need to move. Um, ankle sprains. Oh my God. If I ever see somebody in a frigging boot out of an ankle sprain, I, I, think, I, I think I would probably, I think I, I think I might lose it. People roll their ankles while they're running while they're running, find me in the park, real time, and come over limping. I stick them, have them roll, tell them what to do to roll, roll their foot, make sure their foot is moving. We do not ice, we do not put anything on it, we relax it from being strained, we release the strain around it, get it moving, and they run home. Literally, and it never becomes anything. If you grab a sprain right away, it doesn't become anything. But go grab some ice and solidify that sprain real quick. You'll have yourself a nice balloon in no time. No time. I'm, I've done this a million times when it comes to those rolled ankles. It really, it's a common thing with runners. But the reason you're rolling your ankles is because you have a hip issue, nothing to do with your foot. So go getting a boot for a sprain is ludicrous, ludicrous. There's no reason to be in a boot for a sprain, guys. Don't restrict it, you need to build it. You need to correct it. There's memory cells in our muscles for a reason. They actually have a memory. And guess what they remember? The most recent thing. So if the last thing you did was step off a curb wrong and roll your ankle, your ankle only knows to roll until you teach it differently. Same thing for every other, every other injury you have, whether even, even a hip stress fracture, um, a, a hamstring strain, a calf strain, um, shoulder pain, anything that, that have any kind of a, a torn hip labrum, your whole body responds to these injuries, guys. It's not isolated. 
And if you don't correct where it is, that's all the body knows. And the body is the most amazing compromising piece of machinery out, literally. And it will do whatever it can to make sure you can walk around and live life as best as you possibly can, even if you're in pain. So the best thing you can give your body is correction. You're giving your body back the relaxation of stopping straining so that you can actually stop compromising, give the body what it needs to heal and get stronger. And wearing a boot in instances that do not require it, that when the boot in and of itself really, medical professionals will say, you don't want crutches and boots if you don't need them, guys, because they create other injuries. They are needed in certain injuries. Yes, they are needed, but you absolutely go into them knowing you're gonna have some extra work to do on the, on the back end because you're gonna be jacking up other things because you have this big thing on your leg, okay? It's just what happens, but you have to address those things. It's not just about what got hurt because what got hurt came from somewhere else more than likely as a runner. I'm not talking about direct impact. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about biomechanical injuries that result in breaks, that result in tears, all that stuff. That really is coming from someplace else. And even though you may need a boot for the time being, you need to address the root, which can happen while you're in the boot. I've done it. So you wanna make sure that you're really aware of what you have, understand your injury, understand where your body is talking to you and, and address it that way. Because this way you'll understand when you need something, when you don't, um, and when, when to come off of it a little bit. And again, the more you understand, the less fear you have. And there's nothing more fearful than not knowing what your body is saying. And I speak from experience with that. And, even with all my knowledge, you know, I'm human too. And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, wait, okay, wait a minute. You know, that's just, it's just human nature to be like that. So I really, I've had a lot of questions about boots and when to wear them and when not to wear them. And I, I, I see these posts in Facebook and I see these posts in Instagram. I'm tagged in by a lot of people in private groups on Facebook for boot wearing. And I, I talk this, talk about this all the time and I explain this all the time. And so I figured, let me just do a podcast so I can maybe reach more people who don't really understand what the boot does, why they would wear it and why they wouldn't wear it and what it, what it does to your body, regardless of whether you need it or, or not, it's going to have a adverse effect on your hips just because it's just the way mechanics works. So I hope that this gives you some level of information. And again, I encourage you to really, when you, if, if you've had a boot or you're in a boot, read your results, make sure that you're in it for the right reasons and question. If not, you know, I'm sure the medical professional will be open to your questions and just make sure that you're really aware and understanding what's going on. Um, and that you're testing, you know, testing your, your abilities and your mobility so that you know that you want to make sure you're out of it as soon as possible so you can address your issues and then manage getting more issues because you're in one. And if you're not in a boot, use it as a way to identify the real problem. Use it as a way of your body saying like, yeah, I just stopped you because you don't listen. So now can you listen since I just stopped you and you almost went in a boot? Time to listen to me and like pay attention to me. That's what your body is saying to you and use it as an opportunity to address where those issues are coming from. And your body, you'll understand your body better and your body will thank you for it. That I can promise you. So I hope you all understand the boot a little bit better. I have a question for you and I want you, wherever you're listening to this, I want you to start a conversation. I want you to answer this. 
Have you been told to wear a boot, but still in pain after the boot came off and may have new injuries? If that is you, or maybe you know somebody like that, I would love to hear it and I would love to start the conversation. So wherever you're listening to this, please go in and comment answering the question. Have you ever been told to wear a boot and when you came out of the boot, you still had pain and with new injuries or if you know somebody like that? I would love to talk about it. I would love to hear your input. I want to make sure I'm giving you the information that's helping you and really give you more guidance and education so you can help yourselves even more so. Please follow us at rumpainfree underscore academy on Instagram and um, also at rumpainfree on Instagram. And make sure you are following us, rumpainfreeacademy.com, where all this information is, tons of classes, tutorials, and info for you guys to all run better and most of all, pain-free. Have an awesome day, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Run Pain-Free Podcast, brought to you by the Run Pain-Free Academy. Featuring biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. 